0: hello everyone welcome back to our books and booze series the series where we bring on indie authors and we talk to them they do a little reading for us and we get to ask them some questions about it uh so i'm going to pass it on to dawn our resident uh smut lush uh and have her introduce this week's author hello hello everyone welcome back to books and booze and let's welcome tabitha
2: sticklin i think that's right right it totally Strickland. went up, Strictly. <laughs> you missed Speak. the
1: R that's okay See, though. It's I do all it right.
2: all the time. Um, and thank you for joining us today on books and booze. Uh, please tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, how long you've been an author, you know, how, like how many, uh, rituals, um, have you performed anything like, you know, crazy.
1: Okay. So I haven't performed any sacrificial rituals. Oh, ever. Damn. <laughs> Yet. Shame. I know. <laughs> Um, But a little about myself, so I am from a tiny, 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 tiny town outside of Tampa called Sonoda Sassa, which is way more complicated to spell than it sounds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was born and raised there, and then I ran away and joined the Army, and then I got out of the Army, and I came back to Florida, and I'm here. Um, So for the most part... um, been here for most of my life, except when I was in the army. Uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd, um, as you guys may so, know. From so, are media. We, so are yeah. we? Yeah, cosplay, that kind of thing. Um, I'm a mom. I have a little nine year old. He's pretty cool. He is currently confined to his room, so he can't hear anything. <laughs> Very um, nice. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so I started writing in 2015, but I didn't seriously. Go in looking at publishing or anything until well technically I wrote my whole life but I started writing writing yeah. at that age. I didn't start looking into professionally publishing until I had an emotional breakdown in the middle of my master's in cybersecurity because I made two B's in a row um, and changed my degree to English and creative writing at the um, insistence of my um, academic advisor. Shout out to Joseph Timmons. Uh, good job, Joe. Um, <laughs> And then I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. And now I am working on publishing. I'm still trying to find an agent. But that also allowed me to um, become a professor. And I do teach English and creative writing at a private university here in Florida. That is amazing. I'm
2: impressed. I'm going to have to come to you for some writing advice because I'm still stuck. And, yes, Jessica, before you ask, I did write today. (laughs) Yay! Okay. I get asked this every day if I rope today. And so today I can actually say yes. I Someone did a little has riding. to
0: be on your ass, Don. I know. And I will gladly take up that position. Fine. Right up your ass.
2: Yeah. Like rope right up this. in there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right to the album. I mean, sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> we like it. <laughs> Is there room for a third? Because. Always. Always. It's a good time.
2: Actually, it'd be yeah. a fourth yeah. because we already have a third. So you'd be our fourth. I'm down
1: for that. I'll put a whole good for that. I'll put
0: fist up each one. Yeah. We'll just do the other.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Circle. I mean, I got some toys I can bring. We'll have a a great time. I'm really excited to hear this chapter now.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, So tell us a bit about the book that you are reading
1: from. Okay. So the book I'm going to be reading from today is called more than Christmas. Um, you know all of those lovely holiday romance movies that everybody loves, like the feel good, fluffy a sucker for them. I love them. <laughs> so imagine if that was played on HBO instead.
2: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Yes. So what you have is the story of a widowed single mother. Um, forewarning, you do meet. Her husband before he dies in the prologue, but the okay. prologue is where he bites it. Um, not you. You don't see it. It happens off screen. Um, but it is a tearjerker. You will need tears for the prologue. I apologize. <laughs> um, but she he leaves her as the mother of the at the time of a three year old, um, almost three year old, and um, she's like doesn't know what to do. So she's kind of on her own. She's relatively young. Um, she was twenty-three. I, off the top of my head, I believe it's twenty-three when he passed away. Um, so she's pretty young, single mom. Um, so the kicker is that her young her son is super intelligent, like way too intelligent for most kids. So he struggles a lot with school, mm. but at the same time, that intelligence says, "Well, if I ask Santa Claus." Because mommy says Santa Claus is real and grand says Santa Claus is real. And uncle Alex says Santa Claus is real. So if Santa Claus is real and I ask him for a new dad, I will get a new dad for Christmas. Oh my God. That's so cute. doesn't deliver a new dad. His logic brain says, Oh, magic's fake. No. Oh yeah. Magic's fake. I don't believe anymore. So this is where the whole twisted story of how this widowed single mother named Ivy gets to meet the unmarried, never married son of Santa Claus because she has to pull her son out of school and send him to a private school because he's struggling to make relationships with friends and stuff in kindergarten because he doesn't believe in magic and fantasy and things like that. Um, And she's in a private school, so she needs a way to kind of like make ends meet. So she rents out her room and Santa's son... Um, is not developing his powers very well. So he has to go on a a last-ditch effort to restore the faith of a child before he can get his powers. And it just so happens when he shows up to rent this room to try to restore this child's faith, his bestie, who's a Cupid... Shoots him and the mom. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yes. So you have this wonderful, angsty, fluffy journey of this grieving, widowed single mother who wants, you know, somebody in her life because she's still relatively young and she wants a father figure for her child. And not knowing how to navigate this and not knowing what's going on. And then Santa's son knowing this entire time that they're soulmates. Um, While still having to do his mission and trying to date her and woo her and bring her in and deal with all of the issues of her grieving at the same time. So you get all that fluffy feel good. Nice. But when the magic happens, the magic happens. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going to say what the drink words are before we start reading. I'm just topping up my drink. Okay, so the drink words for uh, for this reading are fuck, <laughs> need, uh, god or gods, more, and Oop. cry or cried. So those are the drink words, so All I right. feel like this is going
1: to be a good chapter, good, good good reading, I'm excited. So start whenever you are ready. Okay, so we're gonna be starting with chapter 19, A Night Alone, because I do chapter titles. Ooh. So this is after, this is like a little bit after they uh, come together for the first time. So this is oh. after. Can okay. you wet my palette to get started? Yep. Got my okay. drink ready. You ready? Okay. So chapter 19, oh. A Night Alone. Ivy groaned in relief as Nick's hands rubbed her feet. After spending all afternoon in heels at Paula's wedding, the massage was wonderful. Your hands are like magic, she hummed and nuzzled deeper into the pillow. It was barely nine at night, but Gavin was at her mom's for the monthly sleepover. The house was clean and she and Nick were both freshly showered. It hadn't been a joint shower because she needed to scrub off the makeup and wash the hairspray and gel from her hair. Still, she didn't see the point in bothering with clothes, so she'd come up to his room and nothing but a towel. Well, maybe they are, Aldwyn said. He chuckled and pressed just below her ankle with his thumb. She looked absolutely edible, sprawled out on his blankets, bare except for the red cotton towel that barely covered her lower back and bum. Or maybe, he continued, I just know what makes you feel good. He leaned down to press a kiss to the back of her calf, grinning when she made a breathy noise. Anything else sore? Maybe here? Releasing her feet, he slipped his hands up her calves and squeezed them firmly. God, yes, Ivy said with a a sinful moan, and Aldwyn preened. They'd made love twice since the first time, but it was always late at night, quiet and quick. Tonight, though, they were alone, and he planned on putting that fact to good use. He hadn't at first, expecting her to proclaim she was tired and just wanted to cuddle, but Ivy had wandered in wearing just a towel, and that had pleased him to no end. Mm, my thighs are tore- sore too, you know,' she said. "'Oh, better fix that then,' Nick said, and Ivy bit her lip. His hands danced up to firmly grip her thighs. She'd been fantasizing about this all day. How could she not, with him looking so sexy in his tux that it should have been illegal?' While that outfit had been mouth-watering, seeing him damp from his shower with nothing but a pair of boxers had been just what she was hoping for. His fingers shifted higher, one set stroking her inner thigh, while the other teased along the edge of the towel. How's this? Much, much better, she said, lifting her face just enough to look back at him. This getting in the way, she asked, and reached back to pat the towel. His eyebrow arched, and the talented tongue darted out to dampen his lips. He nodded. Well, guess it should go. She lifted up, giggling when he practically ripped it out from under her. There we go, now I can do this, Aldwyn said. He moved up onto his knees, straddling her thighs, and fed his knee to touch her skin eagerly. He pressed his fingers into her back, kneading firmly but gently, eager to hear more of those gorgeous noises. He was careful to avoid actually touching anywhere that would get this moving too far, too fast. He wanted to savor it. "Mm, That's lovely, but, Ivy said, drawing out the word, Alban put his hands back as Ivy started to roll over. He didn't bother attempting to conceal how hard simply touching her and being with her had made him. I think you've earned a good back rub more than I have. She propped herself up on her elbows and grinned wickedly at him. Lay down. If you insist, Nick said. Ivy giggled when Nick promptly fell beside her face down and buried his face into the pillow. Not going to hear me turn down a back rub from you Ever. Well, these have got to go, Ivy said, and knelt beside him, tugging at the waistband of his pants. Honestly, they didn't have to, but she really wanted to get her hands on that gorgeous, biteable, tempting ass of his. In a flash, he had wiggled out of them and hurled them across the room. Much better. Thanks. Without preamble, she swung her left leg over his thighs and splayed her hands along his lower back, then slid them down to squeeze. How's that? Bloody brilliant, Nick said. Ivy took her time groping, squeezing, and kneading his rear she wanted to fuel the desire for her deeper in his veins. She moved her hands up, massaging along his spine. I'm pretty sure you're the one with the magic hands, he said with a throaty groan. Oh, yeah? Ivy asked. Her chuckle was accompanied by her moving, and her thighs framed his hips while she settled half onto his back and half onto his bum. It pleased him to no end to find how hot and wet Ivy already was. He had intended to make tonight a bit romantic when he found out they would be alone, but Ivy had been pretty aggressive in the second floor hall before departing to her shower. Well, let's see what spell I can cast on you then. He groaned as she pressed down and slid forward, her tongue trailing along his spine. Sounds promising, Aldwyn said. She pressed her hands up, rubbing down his arms, pushing her chest against his back so she could place a soft kiss to the side of his neck. To her delight, he gave a shiver of his own. She pulled playfully at his skin with her teeth. The yearning growl he gave in response made her core tighten in reflex. You're soaked already. I can feel it. Can't help it, she purred in his ear before nipping the lobe with her teeth. I love you. Love touching you and tasting you. It feels so perfect. She squealed as he suddenly rolled with her. Sorry. He squealed as she squealed as he rolled suddenly under her with an agility Ivy hadn't known he possessed. She didn't fall, though, because he had his hands on her hips in a flash. We don't have to be quiet tonight, she said, and managed to chuckle after regaining her balance. Hoping to emphasize her point, she dragged the tip of her nail down his chest. She bit her lip when he rocked under her and pressed his hard length against her rear. Oh, I know. Aldwyn reached up and tangled his hand in her damp hair. He pulled Ivy down for a fierce kiss. With his other hand, he cupped her breast and rolled the perfect pink pebbled nipple with his thumb, When she pulled away to pant for air, he tested a playful tug of her hair and a pinch of the same nipple between his fingers. He preened when she arched over him and let out a hiss of pleasure. I plan on you being very, very loud. How do you intend to make sure of, Ivy said, but Aldwyn cut her off by lifting up from the blankets to take her right breast in his mouth, sucking and flicking his tongue across the nipple before he tugged it with his teeth. This time, Ivy ground down on his hips, crying out, He had no complaints about the other three times. Each one had been perfect in its own way, always sweet, always quiet, and always a race to get off in the case of interruption. More, she gasped when he released her with a wet pop, and he didn't give her time to whine before she had the other one on his lips. Ivy had been wanting something a bit more passionate or more intense, and it seemed she was going to get it. She temporarily lost her ability to think from the way he was handling her with just the right level of roughness, to make her pant and yelp and cry out. Then she remembered what she wanted to do. She wanted to taste him. There hadn't been an opportunity until now. Lie back, Ivy said and pushed him down. Nick growled and pulled just a bit harder at her already tingling nipple. Pleasure blazed to life in her core. Now, fuck. Normally, she didn't swear, but it was hard to keep her language clean when she felt like this. Rude. I wasn't finished, Nick huffed before he fell back. Ivy smirked, leaning down to kiss him quickly before shifting her lips to his chest. Just the thought, as she licked and nipped and kissed her way down his body, of watching him watch her had already had her dripping center nearly gushing. Mmm, stars above, you're perfect at that. Nick praised her. Ivy shifted her hips lower, sliding her folds along his thick, hard erection. She gave a twist of her hips and ground down. Ivy, please, I want you. She giggled when he bucked up against her. She slipped further along his body, ignoring his plea to kiss her way along his stomach. No, Ivy said. Aldwyn blinked when Ivy slid further down, looking up from his navel where she'd been teasing the fine hairs with her tongue. Be patient, my love. He bent his knees as she pushed them apart with her own, and those mesmerizing eyes met his as she paused just above his pulsing erection. She could see the he could see the precomb shining as it dripped from the tip. He groaned in surprise when she took him in hand and slowly curled her tongue across the head pulling back to reveal the glistening strand stretching from her tongue to his tip. He swore under his breath when she smiled, broke the strand with a finger and then tucked it neatly between her lips. Ivy hummed in delight. God, you taste amazing. She moaned and took him, took him into her lips. Aldwyn bucked in pleasure, fisting her hair with his hand as she gave a determined suck. Fuck. The expletive came out without thinking when she pressed her tongue along the underside of his shaft and took him halfway into her mouth Yes, God, you're so, he tried to say, but he lost his voice when Ivy looked up from under her lashes, stroked her fingers down, and then took him nearly to the hilt in one swift motion. He couldn't help himself from thrusting up, feeling her swallow when he hit the back of her throat. Ivy, he cried out. Ivy preened internally as she worked him. She was a bit out of practice, but Nick didn't notice or care. She squeezed her fingers, pulling her lips And over her teeth, and then she bit down with the slightest pressure before she dragged them up to the tip. The noises she ilked out of him had her entire body burning in need. She loved his taste and the texture of his silky skin over the iron hardness. She didn't stop. She unleashed every skill and trick she knew. Ivy wanted to drive him to the edge to see if she could push him into losing control. She had no intention of making him come like this, but she wanted him to be to the edge. She groaned when he tugged her hair and bucked into her mouth, shouting, hissing, gasping, and crying out incoherent words. At least, she thought they were words. When she pulled up to the very tip, only to slide back down and nearly gag on every inch of him in her mouth... He shouted something that sounded like it may have been German. When she twisted her fingers and stroked down while she sucked up, his groaned voice sounded Gaelic. She giggled when he, when she remembered he was fluent in several languages with a flush of pride. Ivy realized she was making him lose control. Her body hummed with pleasure at the way he cried out her name and a string of syllables that she didn't recognize the accent for. Aldwin was nearing the edge. Ivy's talented mouth had totally scrambled his brains. He couldn't think, Couldn't even be bothered to translate his ageless thoughts into English, letting them come as whatever language popped out. He honestly couldn't think of anything better, could ever feel better, more intense than his little, when his little minx cupped his balls and squeezed them ever so gently. If you don't, holy fuck, he shouted, interrupting his warning that if she didn't stop, he was going to come. She didn't, she had done the teeth thing again and made his brain short circuit. I've, I'm gonna, if you don't stop, he felt that tension growing, felt himself tighten in her hands. No, he had no intentions of finishing in her mouth. Ivy sucked again, bobbing her head, humming around him as her hips shifted, gifting him with a prime view of her supple rear. No, he tugged at her hair, not too hard, but enough to pry her away just before the coil snapped. Not in your, his words were cut off when she released him with a wet pop then she pounced on top of him, groaning into his lips, her tongue grazing his. Ivy's short curls were hot, sticky, and soaked as they slid against his bare skin. He wanted them on his lips. Now. Aldwyn rolled her over, pushing her thighs apart, and pinned them to the bed as he dove between them, laving a lick from her dripping center to her pulsing clit. Ivy cried out, her legs trying to close, but he pressed them back down, sucking furiously on the hooded bud with a growl. Then he slid his hands down, grabbing her calves and pushing her legs until her heels hit her rear. With another growl, he lowered his weight onto her feet, pinning her in that position and thrust his tongue into her. Ivy mewled at the sensation. She tried to move, to look, to arch into his lips, but she couldn't. The only thing she could do, only thing she could move was her hands. And it was mind blowing. Yes, more, she pleaded, grabbing the blankets when his tongue swirled, curling up, dragging out, only to thrust in again. His nose grazed against her clit, sending a jolt of pleasure from the hooded budge straight to her spine. The position was new to her and it made the sensation more intense. His lips were around her clit again, sucking, flicking with his tongue. Still, she needed more. She needed it all. Nick, she cried out. He had thrust two fingers into her, curling them up while he circled his tongue before she could ask. Ivy couldn't think, and she didn't want to. All she wanted to feel was everything Nick was giving her. She had hoped to tease the side out of him, and she'd gotten it. Her lover was voracious, and he never ceased the attention he was giving to her. Usually, he would pause every so often to compliment her or smirk when she'd given a particularly active wiggle, but she was getting none of that. He seemed determined to drive her mad with pleasure. Again, she cried, and his teeth grazed ever so gently against her clit before his tongue drew a circle around it. She shouted his name, fisting the sheets in her hand, seeking out some outlet for the intensity of the pleasure that rolled through her body like a thunderstorm. That earned her a vibrating hum, and he did it again. Aldwyn knew Ivy was close. He had already mesmerized her tell. She was trembling, tossing her head on the pillow, fluttering around his fingers, and her gasp had become a string of run-on pleading. He redoubled his efforts, desperate to be inside of her, but also needed to hear and see her come undone first. It was crucial to his plans. It didn't take long, and her trembling grew more intense. her tightening around him. The hooded bud started to throb under his tongue. He thrust his fingers in deeper, deeper, until her drenched entrance stopped his knuckles. Then he curled them up again, pressing. He flattened his tongue against her and sucked desperately. Ivy exploded under him, screaming out as her lower body lifted from the sheets and her slight flutters turned to intense clinches around his fingers. Aldwin pulled them out, pushing himself up. There he gripped her hips and he rolled Ivy onto her stomach. Finally, he lined himself up. He dropped a hand to her upper back, pushing her torso down. And before her shaking legs could slip, he thrust into her, digging his fingers into her hips. It made him cry at the perfection he found, the way her orgasm still tightened around him while he sank into her completely. Ivy gasped a strangled cry when Nick thrust into her from behind. She clung to the sheets, trying to rock back into him with her legs that were slowly regaining feelings. "'Yes, love. Yes, more. Harder,' she said. Nick's hand was in her hair, pulling just right, forcing her head up and back, and the sensation made her groan in delight. "'More? You want more?' he asked and gave a noticeably harder thrust that made her keen from the intensity. "'I'll show you more.' The wicked promise in his tone when he pulled slightly harder at her hair made Ivy whimper. Suddenly, his other hand was pushing her further down, forcing her knees wider apart, and his left hand left her hair to grab her arms. She surrendered them to him willingly.' And soon he had both in his grasp against her lower back and his rhythm had changed. He wasn't so much as thrusting into her now as he was pounding. Put your ankles over my calves now, precious girl. The, unus- the usually sweet pet name held a commanding tone that made her head swim. She did as she was told, and the slight change in angle was impossibly more pleasurable. Aldwin knew he wasn't hurting her, and he grunted when she fell into a stream of incoherent cries. He buried himself inside of her over and over as hard and as fast as he could. Ivy was literally gushing around him, filling the air with the seductive, thrilling wet noises while her sweet arousal dripped down his groin to his thighs. Keeping her hands pinned with his left hand, he dipped his right around, cursing an ageless ageless swear at how it coated her own skin. He wanted more, and he knew she could give it. He slid his fingers up from her thighs, finding her still pulsing clit, and he rolled it quickly in time to his thrusts. Oh my God, Ivy howled, tossing her head to the side and panting under him. Don't stop, please. Nick, God, need, want, fuck. Aldwin chuckled, reveling in how marvelous she felt around him. He worked her fervently, forcing her higher, groaning when she began to clench around him again. The closer she got, the better she felt. He nearly had her there, and on a whim, he caught her swollen bud in the softest pinch. Ivy snapped, her whole body feeling like she was careening over a ledge. She slammed her eyes shut, crying out for him to hear her release. His fingers left her, but her climax wasn't waning. It was filling her, making her jerk, overwhelmed by the utter ecstasy he had driven her to. She could barely breathe, gasping, stars dancing in her mind as her whole body filled with fire. He didn't stop thrusting into her, didn't slow his speed at all, and she loved it. With Ivy awash in her climax, Aldwyn lost himself to her body. He released her hands, gripping her hips to pull her back against him. He was nearly there himself, and he could feel his own release building. He chased after it, seeking it in the nirvana of his beautiful soulmate. She had him riding high on his need for her. So close, love. Just a bit more. Can you take it? He asked and squeezed her hips as he buried himself into her again and again. Yes, come for me, please. Just like this, Ivy begged. She didn't want him to slow down, to lessen the power behind his desperate pace. She lifted her head, casting a glance back at him. Nick was panting behind her, jaws clenched, eyes closed as he tossed his head back. It was glorious. I need it. His eyes snapped open while he yanked her back so hard she was forced to drop her head back to the pillow. Good, Aldwin howled out. That's what he needed to hear. And with Ivy's encouragement, he gave it to her without reservation. He was nearly there, dancing dangerously on the edge and Ivy tightened around him intentionally, he knew from experience, and that did it. Shouting out in completion, Aldwin buried himself as deep as he could, pushing Ivy flat, covering her back with his body, and groaning into her neck as he felt his release spill out inside of her. Love you. I love you so much, my Ivy, he mumbled into her skin, twitching while his heart pounded and his head spun. I love you too, Ivy whimpered, unable to stop the trembling in her body at the relief that followed the furious coupling. It feels so good. She could feel him still inside of her, sending tiny jerks of delight against her sensitive body. Then he moved, sliding from her, and the sensation made her clench in his absence, aching to be stretched and filled again. She didn't understand how her body could want more after that. Ivy didn't care. She just scrambled to grab Nick when he rolled off of her. Come here, Nick said, and hauled Ivy onto him, catching her cheek in one hand and kissing her. Hello, he said with a chuckle, All those, as those glittering eyes met his. Mm, Hello, Ivy giggled, and she felt him still hard under her. Maybe she could get more, but first she needed to catch her breath. That was fucking amazing, she said, kissing his cheek and humming in delight as he wrapped his arms around her. Despite how deep his orgasm had been, Aldwin wasn't going soft. His body was screaming for more. He didn't understand how that was possible. Their lips broke apart as Ivy groaned and shifted flush over him instead of half sprawled onto his chest. "'Yes, it was amazing,' Aldwin said. "'He stroked her back and bid back a gasp "'as she gave a soft rut against him. "'It made his eyes roll back for a moment, "'feeling how drenched she was from not only her arousal, "'but his as well. "'Sorry, I'm still... Ugh. "'He grunted when Ivy repeated the motion, "'and it felt so wonderful he had to close his eyes "'to keep from sliding into her again. "'Me too,' Ivy said. "'She reached up to touch his cheek "'as she remembered the decision she'd made "'waking up in her own bed this morning. "'Despite being together, being like this,' She hadn't spent every night in his arms. She wanted to change that. Nick, she kept her raspy voice low and those intoxicating eyes met hers. She hoped he would say yes. I want to move up here with you. You do? Aldwin gasped. His heart skipped as the afterglow flush on her skin darkened just a bit. His beautiful Ivy chewed at her lip and nodded. He knew what a big decision this was for her. I want that very much too, he assured her. Then he cupped the back of her head and pulled her to him for another slow, lingering kiss. With a sigh into his parted lips, his ivy shifted once more, sliding back, and with a whimper, she had taken him into her again. Sweetheart, let yourself recover. He grabbed her hips to hold her steady and bit back a grunt at pleasure of her around him. Shh! Ivy put a finger over his lips to silence him. She held herself still, just feeling the perfection of the way they fit together. She smiled down at him and then rested her cheek against his shoulder while she stroked his chest. Just feel with me. I need this after that. She hoped he would understand what she was asking him for. Nick, I love you. You know that. She rolled her hips slightly and sighed, and sighed her pleasure into his jaw. Yes, love, I know, Aldwyn said. He stroked her back and held her to him while she gave slow, small, tender rocks for body. He kept his touches light against her and soothing, helping her find her center within herself again. And I love you. Gods, I love you. I want you with me forever. He kissed her brow and trailed his palms along her. Good, because if you ever left, Ivy said, and gently, the slow rocks faltered. Never, Nick said. Ivy didn't even have time to reply before he rolled her onto her back and began to drop tender kisses along her skin. He pulled away, only to slide slowly, languorously back into her. It was so perfect that Ivy had to swallow back a sob. One day, he whispered into her ear, when you're ready. He pulled back and gave another languid thrust into her. I plan on proposing to you. Ivy squeezed her eyes shut while she lifted her head to bury it in his neck. She knew she could say what she needed to say and he would accept it without scoffing. Nick, I think you're my soulmate," she whispered, letting her head fall back to the pillow so she could watch those adoring eyes soften above her. Oh, Ivy, I know you're mine. Aldwin said, He stroked her side and pressed a kiss to her brow as she hooked her legs behind his knees and rolled her hips up against him. He thrilled at hearing her admit it, even if it was just faith on her part. Make love to me, Ivy whispered, and kissed the underside of his chin. She wrapped her arms around his back. Aldwyn sighed and nuzzled her hair from her face and began to move. He was so gentle and tender as as they came together, luring another double climax from her, which left Ivy whimpering in his arms. He cradled her up to him as he filled her again, and in that moment... While he smiled and pressed kiss after kiss to her cheek, Ivy knew that when he asked her to marry him, she would say yes. End of the chapter.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too
0: Oh that was Ooh, good. It's hot in here. <laughs> That's spicy. <I> <laughs> that is spicy. Why I is is the, like the like the foreplay,
2: the four like the floor. The meh, I can't talk. I'm drunk. Um, the foreplay <laughs> was fantastic. Like intense. That's yeah, what it the, should be like, real up.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, there's there's a couple of um stopping oh, those throughout <laughs> the book where they. They almost get there, and then she she pulls back. And They almost get there, and then she pulls back. So th- the foreplay oh. happens a lot before the
2: – We love foreplay here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the big one. <laughs> Pro
2: <Yes>. foreplay. <laughs> fore, fore, well, I can't talk. I'm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I broke one. Yeah. You totally broke me. I'm, like, on my third drink I, now. Like I finished the other one during the reading. I was like, shit. <laughs>
0: Uh, how do you feel, like, like w- was it easy writing, like, spicy scenes? Or did you have to, like, work up to it?
1: I actually find writing spicy scenes is easier than writing non-spice.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I haven't wrote
1: a spicy scene yet, so I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's, um, the first time you write it, you're like, hee hee he, hee hee penis. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, oh... Oh, what does this, does this work? Can we, can you, and
2: like, you have like these, you have like a picture, like the, um, like positions. How are we going to do this?
1: Where does this fit? Exactly. How does this fit into this? Would this feel good? It's even harder when you don't have somebody to, like, practice with. And so you're just kind of like. I
0: was just about to say, I was like,
1: would you, like, do you practice them? Test them out? Like, yeah. I unfortunately do not because I have been (laughs) single as a Pringle for years. So. Oh, maybe one day. Maybe We need a research partner. (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) do. I do. Especially for this other book that I'm working on. I need a research partner.
0: Well, there you we'll go. Have you can we'll like, like, a it. job ad. Yeah, you know they have to I'm like a, a, a headshot with their resume. Go
1: on that certain kinky, kinky website and be like seeking research partner. Yeah, yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> a casting couch. It'll be perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just seeking uh, partner. When yeah. you write, do you find whatever What are the terms? Don
1: a uh a plotter okay. or panzer? Oh, plotter or So I'm a panzer. I get this the whole thing, right? This is what I this is what I tell my students, too. I'm like, I'm a pantser. It's anywhere between the fifth and the eighth chapter, and then I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, so I have to go back and then plot.
2: So I'm, okay, so I try to plot. Like, I've tried, like, lately, because um, since my computer broke, I'm trying to write like, things down um, instead of, like, fully writing, because it's hard to do it through your phone. So now like, on like, um, my little notebook here that I have right here, right? I'll write, like, whenever I can think of a scene or something, I'll write like things down. And I'm trying to remember like previous chapters of what I would want. It's like how I'm going to match this scene to that scene. And it's so hard. And like, and then when I do start writing, not what I plan and it just goes off the fucking rails. So like as much as I'm uh, trying to be a plotter, pants are all the way because I plot, but it does not go according to plan. It just, no, nope, Takes a life on of its own.
1: I will give you the best and most cliched piece of advice that anybody ever gave me about writing. Okay. And that is, if you are writing a small novel, do not worry if your story doesn't make sense until the third page. If you are writing a longer novel, novel so 90,000 to 150,000 words, do not be yep. surprised if your story doesn't make sense until the third chapter. Okay.
2: Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so, mine's going to be
2: a longer novel.
0: Third page or third chapter, depending yeah. on the length of the book. Mm-hmm. That Sounds is good. the advice I was given.
2: Sounds good. That's good
0: advice. How, how lo- Like, How long did it take you to write this book? This one in particular, it took me about a month. Okay, That's so how good. long does it take you on average for other books? Is that like average for you? That was my or? question. How long does it usually take you to
1: write a novel? Yeah, back before I went to therapy. <laughs> oh, I love started this back before therapy, guys. Back before I got mentally healthy, as one can be, um, <laughs> with my mental health conditions, I once not a here novel, here not a novel, but I once put out a hundred and eighty thousand word fan fiction in thirty two days. No, I was not okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those meds didn't kick in at that time. <laughs> and I will just be straight up. And not only, not only did I pop it out in 180,000 180, words in like 32 days, first of all. Second of all, it was a really dark, really traumatic one that I almost got like chased off of Archive of Our Own for because it was bad. It was it was dark. The, the 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 warning tag the trigger warning was too many triggers to count
2: <laughs> you need <laughs> to send me this email me this manuscript <laughs> this is the shit i
1: like trauma, trauma porn part is, yeah it i'm was, all for this did no editing word word dump post word dump <laughs> post no editing no beta readers no nothing <laughs> so many typos don't care <laughs> i love it oh my god i love the chaos like I'm all
2: yes. for chaos, so you know what? you need to send me this. I need to find this. If it's it, it's dark
0: and you have to like Doctor Who because it's Doctor Who fic. Oh, that I was I was, was going to ask. It's like what fanfic was this? Like <laughs> here I am imagining
1: like other fandoms. Being... I will explain. <laughs> it is it is a Doctor Who period fan fiction. So like period tr- drama. Yeah. Um, with the ninth Doctor as being the heir to the throne and being promised to Rose, but he is killed in action and she gets married to the master.
0: Nice. Did did you start with fan? Like when you started writing creatively,
1: did you start with fanfic? I did. And that is only because everything I had, this was before I knew I had ADHD. Everything I sat down to write like original content with, like I could never go anywhere with it because it would never like, I had no training on writing, so I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I could get, like, to the first four chapters. And then I would just abandon it because I would have no idea what I was doing. Um, but then I was, like, I discovered fan fiction. I was reading a bunch of, like, fan fiction. I was, like, I want to do this. And so I did. And then that is where everybody was, like, do you have, like, original content? And I was, like, No. <laughs> a little bit, and they were like, "You should look into publishing and writing." So I started professionally writing in twenty fifteen. So nice, we'll nice.
2: Yes. Um, hardest thing about being an author, what would you say? <sighs> uh,
1: okay, so it actually has nothing to do with writing. Is hard. I'm just going to put this out there as a writer and an English professor. English I agree. is Fake English is fake. Words are fake. It's fine. It's true. Um,
0: the yeah. Hardest.
1: It's all made part, up of being an author is having to accept rejection and failure. True. As somebody yeah, think- um, with ADHD and a touch of the TISM. Um, yes.
2: The TISM is in the house right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> having to uh, learn to cope with and receive rejections and failure, essentially. Um Not failure as in, oh, you're a failure. Failure as in you set an expectation for yourself and then you don't meet it. And even though you technically, statistically did better than most people, um, you're still like, I should have done better. True. I feel that. I really do. Like,
2: I get major imposter syndrome. Like, I think I know what I'm doing. But then when it comes to it, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not going to be anywhere near as good as, like, some of the, like awesome people i've seen or what i've read right i'm like i can't compete to that
0: like
1: see i so found I, a
0: hack around that okay so you think you have imposter syndrome
2: i i definitely
0: do start thinking that maybe you're impostering your imposter syndrome like what if you don't <laughs> like let imposter- yourself <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're like wait maybe i don't have imposter syndrome and i'm actually just being an imposter about that maybe and then i'm I better cancels than what i think so I,
2: will <laughs> I get like you. some superior like like um ego going on
1: <laughs> okay so i will share a little secret i won't name names but i will share a little secret so i also pa personal assist for a big author like a big okay. author like like a big one right? Okay. And um, like 270 million books in print, multiple bestseller list author. She's amazing. Okay. Um, she even struggles with imposter syndrome and wanting to make sure that she does everything and she calls her inner editor. She goes, I hate this fucking bitch when inner editor that lives in my head that tells me all my work is shit and I need to rewrite every chapter I write. And I'm like, girl, same. <laughs> yeah. So just so you know, it never goes level. away. It never every goes level. away. Yeah. Ever. Right.
2: Like you're going to have insecure um insecurities. Like when I posted before I was like on TikTok I made a TikTok about having imposter syndrome and someone commented they're like no that's just insecurities. I'm like that's one in the same. You do know that, right?
1: Like <laughs> Like, listen, if I had ever once in my life been told I was good at something, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have this fucking problem. Maybe this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I found another
0: way, another way to be imposter syndrome. Take it like the good way. Like, wow, I fucking fooled
1: all these people. (laughs) That is me. That is me. (laughs) All together, I'm like, I'm so, so fucking sneaky, guys. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I sold 200 copies of this. My writing is like cornstarch. What is y'all's problem? That's how I, <laughs> I
2: picture my parenting. I'm like, how the fuck did I keep these kids
1: alive? Like, I just <laughs> fuck Me, out of all nowhere. The time looking at my nine-year-old, going, "How are you alive?"
2: Right? I can't even keep plants alive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure
0: if it wasn't for my husband, my fish
2: would be dead. Like. What I'm getting a
0: teenager in 10 days. A teenager, a teenager,
1: (laughs) he's gonna have one of those, but at least for the most part, they're able to identify their trauma so you can help them cope through that. Yeah, unlike with a nine year old where you have to be in the middle of a religious ritual on releasing things that don't serve you and see him write down loneliness, they're like, Ah, I
2: failed as a mom. Oh, uh, I've had those moments. So my two kids—they're sixteen and six. Uh, my sixteen-year-old is a miniature me. Well, not even miniature. He's over—he's
0: a six <laughs> gonna Say he's taller than you. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: okay, but he's a replica of me, just male version. And then I have my six-year-old, who's a replica of his father, but he's non-verbal autistic, like full-blown autistic. Like he is just checks off all the checks and uh shit's hard i've done parenting on two different levels like um my one kid seems like he's um just typical diver like neurotypical right and the other one's neurodivergent so like i'm on all over the specs of parenting i don't know what the fuck i'm doing still like it's
0: bad well you I'm know that you know enough yeah, that's i'm keeping the them breathing that's As- well, barely <laughs>
1: As the one piece of advice my therapist gave me before I fired her was (laughs) (laughs) if you're questioning whether you're a good parent, chances are you're a good parent. Yeah. And then you fired her. You're like, I don't like your (laughs) advice. Goodbye. I fired her because my son got diagnosed with ADHD. And so I said to my parents, hey, he's got ADHD, so he's going to be taking medication. And my parents said, but you were diagnosed with ADHD in the third grade and we never gave you any medication and you turned out fine. And I'm sitting here going, oh,
2: fuck no, no. What?
1: So, OK, I went to my therapist because I was already in therapy Um, because army veteran. Mm, yeah. Um, my therapist was like, oh, well, I mean. We can send you to screening, but I don't really think it's necessary. I feel like you've adjusted pretty well and therapy's working. It, it wasn't that's working. called masking. Like and um, so I went, <laughs> I went in for a therapy appointment, a psychiatrist appointment to be like, hey, I think I have ADHD. And the psychiatrist was like, after an hour, was like, so not only do you have ADHD, but you're also autistic. And I was like, <laughs> He's like, we can find out. You might be bipolar, but we need to do some brain scans first because we have to make sure that you actually have bouts of mania. And looking back at my writing from like 2015 to 2018, I'm like, I think I might have like mania. Well, yeah. and it, it's because... really hard too. Like
0: mania can also be you hyperfixating on something. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like they have like so many things are like the symptoms are so close mm-hmm. that like exactly. a lot of these, yeah. It's a circle. Uh, it's yeah, a circle. and a lot of uh, autistic women get diagnosed bipolar first. So, yeah, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So, I
2: just recently got diagnosed bipolar type two because my mania isn't severe. Like, my mania is just baking all day. Like, I'll just get bursts of baking. Like, John, I, I have to tell was. you
1: something. That's okay. not mania, that's just association.
2: That, too. <laughs> oh, no, I have that, too. That's for sure. But, like, my mania is just different. Like, I'll do like normally I'm like chill, I'm relaxed, but my mania episodes is where I'm not so chill. I'm like doing shit around the house constantly. Whereas my regular state I'm like sitting on the couch and reading. That is
0: my autism go-to. Is As soon as one person in the family is diagnosed autistic, the whole
1: family should be fucking looked at. I fucking (laughs) agree. So, okay. But backtracking to why I fired my therapist, when I got my diagnosis, she goes, I don't think we need to give you medication for this because you're pretty successful. And I was like, so I fired her. That's called masking. Like, you get so um, conditioned
2: into believing that you're good at, like, that you're okay, that, like, you have to pretend.
0: And and just because you find tools to deal with your symptoms doesn't mean you should still have to deal with your symptoms.
1: It's like I was like, (laughs) I was like, Dr. H, Dr. H, I've been in therapy for a year and I still take scalding hot showers every night and sob into my knees. I think something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're fine. My favorite part, though, is when I told my parents I was autistic. They were like, "No, you weren't. No, no, you're not. You were just sensitive." I told my grandma, she was "It runs in the family." Like, oh. oh, just has a story I... about autism. Yeah,
0: I was just say, okay, same. Um, my my daughter got diagnosed autistic, uh, and now we're getting our son looked at because uh, we think he might be autistic. And then we found out that me and him have a genetic syndrome that is highly associated with autism. So I'm getting tested. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's fragile. Is it EDS?
0: No, Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, I I have hypermobility issues as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Me wanting, me wanting to go in and say like, Hey, I think (laughs) I have EDS. But the last time I told the VA that I thought something was wrong with me, um, they still have not given me accurate tests for. Um,
0: if you want to see our bendy so elbows, fun. make sure to
1: watch our YouTube. Um, look at I our super yeah, have... bendy elbows. Do I have that? I don't know. And do our I hyper fixated thumbs and our abilities oh, to shit. almost touch our fingers to the back but of our knees. Guys, hands. I think I actually have it too. What the fuck? No one's. Yeah, mine. This? Mine nope. gets
0: really bad. Like
1: oh, no, the question is, bad. how do your how do you, well, I don't know if you guys
0: have see my knees? How do your knees <laughs> look when you stand? Because can you back them? Because I can back my knees too. Like this. Yeah. Yeah, Which I don't I don't know.
1: No, I like didn't that. do that. I have bad knees like that. Like that. Yeah, they're like, I remember because my dad was like, your knees are weird. And I was like, thanks, dad. It's EDS.
0: You forget sometimes and then you go to move after standing like that for a while and it hurt like your knees are like locked. Because that happens, sometimes. or your
1: um yes, or your jaw randomly <laughs> popping. Oh no yeah, for mm. your shoulder going
0: crack
1: <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I used to like pop
0: out my shoulder like three times in one year. It just like kept happening. So I told my dad. I we, I don't really have a relationship. Like I don't talk with my dad anymore. But I told my dad because out of all my family members, he's likely the most autistic. Um, He has, like, 10,000 VHS movies that he burned on discs that he has a spreadsheet for, like, shit like that. And he responded with, well, we all choose our isms. I'm definitely not autistic. Wait, I'm a cognitive thinker is what he said. So I can't be autistic. So he was calling me dumb in that sentence. But then he said, we all choose our isms, like Buddhism and Stoicism, and we use the isms and make them work for us. And so now we're gonna put that on a shirt eventually. That we I use our, our, our rhythms. Rhythms.
1: I have a question, and this is a question I ask every single female presenting individual that I meet that is autistic. Which generation of Star Wars, a sub Star Trek, is your dad's favorite?
0: Oh my God! He's <laughs> big uh, William Shatner guys. So uh... I have I never mean, met I a mean, female presenting autistic person every... whose dad is not a Trekkie. <laughs>
2: My dad's dead. I can't even ask because, like, he was dead at like when I was three, so I don't know. But I'm assuming ask he was a trucky.
0: <laughs> she passed away too. Like, I got no idea. <laughs> You're just all the bad luck. But I'm sure. Do I'm sure you, you want me to get a Ouija generation. board? Do you want me to yeah. get a,
1: a spirit board? Yeah, let's do this.
0: <laughs> That's what we asked. They, the, she like they like come back. They're like, oh, finally, we get to talk to Don. And Don's like, what was your favorite Star Trek? Star Trek? Trek. <laughs> Do you miss
2: me? Like you have grandchildren? No. What is no. your favorite Star Trek? Yeah. Well, it's it's. <laughs> so
0: true. I watched I watched all of those, and like he ended up getting really big into like old movies, and so and and old like I've seen every episode of Three Stooges and Alvin Costello as well. Those were big favorites also, in our household. Which
1: Highlander movie is his favorite?
0: Oh, I actually don't know that yeah asking. I wouldn't know any of that, but I do he was a trekkie a little bit, so
1: it's Star trek, the original Superman movies yeah um <laughs> usually Highlander, but definitely Star trek the original Superman um what's the other one my dad is super obsessed with the old black and white shows like the Rifleman uh my dad was a mash a mash oh my dad. my dad was. My mom's a MASH person. My mom's MASH. Person. My
0: husband is a MASH. Like he and my husband's younger than
2: me, and he watches MASH and um, uh, Home Improvement. Like
1: those are like his. Shows. Okay. Yes, that you know what? You, yeah. And also, he loves house <laughs> Makes sense.
2: and and Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen.
1: Okay. <laughs> very specific. Like he's. He I have a, a funny house story. I you guys okay. cannot judge me.
2: Yeah, I won't judge you.
1: I have had three, <laughs> I've had three celebrity sex dreams my entire life.
2: I and love a, where this is going. One, oh my
0: god! One of them,
1: <laughs> I dreamed was House.
0: Was it Hugh Laurie or not,
1: was it House? House, not Hugh Laurie. <laughs> house, <laughs> like with the cane and everything. The the cane got used. That's. For <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> if you must know, the other one was um, the Green Ranger
2: and then sailor moon <laughs> <Switching>. <laughs> nice i like sailor moon you know what? i i could get on that one <laughs> i bet you could get on that one i dog. could <laughs> and sailor <laughs> jupiter was my favorite like that like, I, was I was like a sailor
0: mars girl myself i was just i didn't like Girls her
2: attitude girl. she was too bitchy and like and that's coming from me who's a super bitchy person i did not like sailor so, mars i found her too you bitchy, talk but- about
1: bitchy mine was sailor venus and i cosplay venus
2: <gasps> I loved her though. I thought she was Sailor Moon's twin. I was like, yo, you guys are twins. I, I, I don't care what they say, you guys were twins. <laughs> separated. Yeah. They have to be. Right? If you think about right. it, I think they, they were twins separated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a theory now.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> canon. Look at the hair color, the hair length. Right? And why is nobody else that color blonde? And they both had
2: cats. One had the black and one had the white. Like why else why else
1: yeah yeah all <laughs> twins see? imagine cats. queen, queen yeah. serenity was not faithful to whomever her dad fuck was no who you was know, her she's... husband we never learn about we never no. learn about the king of the moon no we don't did she did she pull like a demeter from more olympus and just grow her like inside her belly see she
2: had multiples she was just queen she could do whatever she wanted I'm the queen. I do what I want. Fuck you guys. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to take all this penis. Whatever. That was her logic. <laughs> oh, we totally got off track. But That's fine. Yeah, yep. We did, but More it was fine. It's fine. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay. Um, what advice would you give inspiring authors? I will give you
1: guys the same advice that I give to my students. And okay. that is everybody is a writer. Everybody is a writer. Everybody has the ability to write. What you need to work on is your ability to tell a story. Because if you can tell a story, editing, grammar, and all those things come with practice. Okay. So everybody can write. If you can write a freaking 15-paragraph text message chain to your group (laughs) chat about the craziness you saw at Waffle House on a Saturday night at 3 (laughs) a.m., you can write a story you just if you have to work at it writing is an art it's a craft and like any craft everybody starts crappy and Mm -hmm. everybody gets better through practice
2: and you have editors so I mean like if all else fails you got someone to like back you up exactly
1: yeah exactly also my advice would be if you don't get picked up by an agent not to be disheartened or surprised um because they only pick up based off of what publishers want at the moment Mm-hmm. And only one out of every six thousand person of uh, one of every six thousand submissions gets picked up. statistically. Holy hell! Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> bad.
2: I mean, I'm going to start off indie, obviously, because I I got no other choice, <clears throat> right? And then we'll see. But yeah, no, that's that's solid advice. Um, what makes you choose your genre?
1: So, this genre um, I chose actually because one of my friends was like. I really like this concept. And while you're querying your fantasy series, um, why don't you just pull this one off the back burner and publish it? Like I just I don't normally write spicy and I do, but um, <laughs> I had never intended to publish spicy. I always wanted to publish fantasy, <laughs> like epic fantasy or high fantasy. Um, but I needed something to get my name out there. So when I was approaching agents, I could say, Hey, look at the thing that I did that already has a following. Um so I picked. Like, I was like, I love the Christmas movies. Um, I wish they were spicier. Like, I wish I could see what happens.
0: Yeah, you I You know, know after the kiss.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so, I wrote that. And um, a couple of my friends were like, oh, this is so good. I can't wait to see you publish this. Um, so, I wrote that. But, um, fun fact, uh, the novel that I have had over 100 rejections on um, that I have decided I can't afford currently to self-publish it. I decided to post it for free. It's currently up on Wattpad. Nice. For free. So that one, my inspiration for that one is I wanted a story. I wanted a story for all of the little girls who grew up into women, who never got their letters, who never got, you know, their dragon egg never hatched. They never had their hero moment. I wanted to write um, stories for people like this, Um, people with the religious trauma, with the ADHD, the autism that was undiagnosed as teenagers. And I wanted to give them their hero story. And that was really the start of my dive into writing. So I wrote that novel first. That was my first full-length novel that I wrote. Excuse me, that was original work, and it's called Magically Average. That's currently available for free on Wattpad. Link in my link tree. Um, Which will be at the the, bottom of this episode. Yes. Once I wrote that one and I was starting on book two and I realized it wasn't going to get anywhere. I asked myself, so if I still want to write for adults, what do I want to write to get there? And that's what I decided I wanted to write about coming out of the purity trauma, the purity culture, trauma, evangelical trauma for the girls Mm -hmm. and for the, even the younger adults, the new adults to like their their thirties who never got their hero moment how can we give them how can you find your hero moment so i wanted to write for them that was my inspiration i wanted to give those girls something so magically average is for us it's for you and me don and jessica you know we're over 20 thought you guys are over 25 right yeah, <laughs> yeah. over 25 all main character's is 30 main character's uh, is okay. 30 i just yeah, 30, over 32 so yeah, yeah.
0: 35 she is, she's,
1: yeah, so she's that for that one I wrote that for us. That is our hero story. That is us as fantasy fans going to this magical world with all the knowledge we have of fantasy with no magic powers. No crazy unattainable beauty that we just don't see. No chosen destiny, no white knight, prince, fae, elf lord on a horse to save us. Yeah, fuck that yes. <laughs> I mean, he's in there.
2: Oh, we <laughs> no like you, but like <laughs>
1: until the very, very end of the series where she realizes that she is deserving of everything she's ever gotten in her life, despite what society told her. But I wrote this story of what would happen if a real person, like a real fantasy fan woman got sucked into a magical world. We don't have magic. What do we have? Knowledge of our fantasies, knowledge of our fantasy genre. That's how I picked my genre. I was like, what can I give with this? And from there, I was like, for the YA series that I'm working on, I was like, who is a strong female voice that has never been given the appropriate dues for the hero's journey? And so now I'm writing a young adult Magical Academy base where the hero is a devotee to Hera instead of Zeus or Hades or Persephone or Poseidon. Ooh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. To the queen herself. That's my goal. (laughs) My chosen genre was how can I empower traumatized women and girls Mm
0: -hmm. into
1: seizing their inner power? And that's my goal. That's my, I swear I was getting there. I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Same. So are we. That, that's
0: part of yeah. the point <laughs> of our
1: podcast. And this while works. my YA series will have a love line, magically average doesn't. She doesn't fall in love. I mean, she falls in love, but she doesn't pursue it until the very end of the series. So she, you get this whole journey with her saying, "Oh, I like him." But I got but I've other never shit to. Been, you. I, you know, I got other shit to do. Number yeah, one, and it's number not the two,
0: forefront of her character.
1: Number two. And nobody has ever made me feel like I'm worth it. So what makes him going to, what, what makes me think he's going to be any different until she gets to the very end of her adventure. And she's like, you know what? Fuck that. If I want him, I'm going for him. And so she does. And then she finds out that he's felt this way this entire time, but respected her wants and needs and emotional and mental stability over everything else in never brought it up because he knew that she had trauma around men and never wanted to trigger her and put her emotions above his want for her affections.
0: We love that. No, oh, we love a Empathetic King. Oh, plus yes. there's like a
1: 400 years age difference between them. So I know you girlies like that. Oh, that age gap. <laughs> that, that's
0: quite an age gap.
1: Is it really an age gap if she's 30, though, and traumatized? No, no. I, have, <laughs> no I can I totally track to a think. 400-year-old. If you're 25 <clears> or <throat> older...
0: You can date anyone else that's twenty five or older. You got a full yeah. frontal cortex there, baby. Use it exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say uh, since we were talking about your your one story that you have available for free, and the link is in your link tree. If you want to like plug all your other socials, oh and, yeah, plug uh, it, them all. Yeah, in. plug plug up everything.
1: <laughs> okay, so you guys. Well, Don knows. I don't think Jessica follows me. Don knows. I have to give the pre. Warning for anybody who may be watching this: um, my TikTok, which is flowers and skulls, flowers and skulls, spelled out. All the words are spelled out. Hats off to our queen Persephone because that's what the, the hint is there. Um, <clears throat> cosplay, book content, witchy content, and roasting bigots. So if you're if you don't if you're mm, if you're um, a masculine person and you're a little bit insecure. And you don't like women, you're not gonna have a good time.
2: And I will make you cry.
1: So for the tick for the TikTok, for the TikTok, for the TikTok, just fair warning. Um, for my insta, it's flowers and skulls cosplay. So add the cosplay at the end because flowers and skulls was taken. Rude. Um Come down there. and then unrelated at all, my Twitter is Sith S-I-T-H Time Lady. <laughs> What? love <laughs> oh, It's all good. <laughs> well, to be shameless plug for my fan fiction, my archive of our own of our own is Time Lady of the Sith. So,
0: Ooh. makes sense. And all these links will be available in the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. So, or um, the link tree, which we'll have down. it too. We'll we'll yeah. figure it out. We'll we'll plug something. It's, in all, in. it's all linked there. I yeah. to try to link any link. That's my Wattpad as well. Time Lady of the Sith
1: nice all right it was don't get the public link to my clinky clinky page on that certain page okay
2: (laughs) well i guess all right (laughs) well (laughs) it was a pleasure to have you here i had a fantastic time i am completely sloshed um and i'm gonna continue (laughs) dreaming
1: I have so much more wine. I did not get to drink as much as you guys, but uh, while well, you were
0: talking, yeah, because we were interviewing like, you. That's how that
1: works. This Please is as much little vodka I have
0: left, guys. <laughs> this let is me, a little let me tiny just...
1: local brewery, local winery. That they're, um, they're pretty good. I really much prefer their peach chardonnay to this one, but whatever, whatever, whatever. Support local. We support, yeah, local. support local. Yeah, we do. There are wineries in Florida, in case you guys didn't know nice nice there's wineries here
0: somewhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we're near niagara well thank you so much tabitha for being on here and the reading that really supplies the chapter thank you so much
1: for having me i appreciate you very much (laughs)
0: thank you and again all all the links will be in the description so you can check out tabitha's work uh her free work that she has out and her future work so there we go. Yes. So, thank you so much for listening uh and have a good night. Good night. night guys. Good night. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,